This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. Welcome, this is A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast show with Alice and Andrea. Our community is made up of so many amazing and diverse groups of people, as are the programs that are on Joy 94.9. There is something for everyone. A Little Pot of Joy is where we highlight just some of these amazing programs. We're opening the evening with a podcast from Queer Community Network News, QNN. QNN is produced and podcast by Jacob Holman, presented by Jacob, Matthew, Tanya and Adam. This is news and information for the led bisexual, trans and intersex communities of Australia and the world. QNN is broadcast nationally by the Community Radio News Network. So if you missed the highlights, podcasts are available for download from the JOY website, www.joy.org.au forward slash QNN. This is A Little Pot of JOY, the podcast program. Made in Melbourne for Australia and the world. This is the JOY 94.9 GLBTIQ News Roundup, a weekly update of what's been happening in the gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans and intersex communities. G'day and welcome to QNN. I'm Adam Samuel. And I'm Alastair Kingston. Just when you thought every country bar Russia was going to beat us to marriage equality, it could become a reality as soon as August. The two federal MPs set to introduce a bill to legalise same-sex marriage. Long-time LGBTI rights activist and Liberal MP Warren Ench is set to introduce the bill to Parliament after the six-week winter break, along with Labor MP Terry Butler. Opposition leader Bill Shorten has shown his support for the new bipartisan stance, saying in the end it's really about the outcomes, not the names. However, Prime Minister Tony Abbott reaffirmed his views and stance on marriage during the week, saying Australia had more important things to worry about, such as economic growth. Meanwhile, Agriculture Minister Barnaby Joyce has warned same-sex marriage may harm our Asian cattle trade, as it could be seen as decadent. In an interview with ABC's Insiders program, Joyce warned of the impact legalising same-sex marriage, noting that economically Australia was part of Asia as that is where our cattle go. Labor Senator Penny Wong was quick to slam his comments, saying linking same-sex marriage to trade was an inventive new excuse, and Australian marriage equality also dismissed the claim, saying Australians will not be guided by what some Chinese or Burmese official thinks is decadent. Across to the US and a San Francisco high school set to add LGBT studies to its curriculum. The course at Ruth Asawa School of the Arts will cover the history of gender and sexuality, the different experiences of the LGBT community, as well as San Francisco's pivotal role in the civil rights movement. It's hoped the course will give participants an appreciation of the different experiences of the same-sex attracted community and turn them into good allies. 25 students have already signed up for the subject, with the school expecting to enrol up to 40 before the start of the semester. Heading across the Atlantic now, and Nigerian LGBT activists have welcomed the news, saying support for the country's anti-gay law is dropping. A recent poll found 87% of Nigerians support the law, which came into force early 2014. That's down from 96% just five years ago. Activist Bissi Alimi says the law means anyone who is same-sex attracted, or even thought to be, could be jailed. However, his hopeful things are changing. 52% of people who said that they don't agree that people were born gay, said they will accept, or they have accepted, their brother, their sisters, their friends, or their neighbours who is gay. 
And briefly now, independence wasn't the only celebration in the US this weekend as the LGBT community commemorated 50 years of advocating for equal rights. A gay Russian couple have been awarded asylum in Finland on the grounds of sexual discrimination. QNN. QNN. Our legislation proposes a new definition, the union of two people. To all lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender and intersex Australians, we offer change that says your relationship is equal under the law. Let's switch on the light. Let's make 2015 the year when Australians embrace marriage equality. Hopes are high that gay marriage could be delivered before the end of the year, with the Leader of the Opposition, Bill Shorten, seizing the momentum following Ireland's referendum. The pressure is now squarely on the Prime Minister. In Parliament last week, Tony Abbott gave the strongest hint yet that a free vote is on the cards. If our Parliament were to make a big decision on a matter such as this, it ought to be owned by the Parliament and not by any particular party. So how keen was the coalition to own the issue? Not very, it turns out. Tanya Plibersek's offer to drop out as a co-sponsor of the bill in favour of a Liberal supporter of marriage equality was ignored, and in Parliament on Monday, the government benches were almost empty. Liberal MP Warren Ench has criticised the timing of Mr Shorten's bill. This is not something that should be a single individual hanging their shingle on this, and this is I'm disappointed with the, uh, if you like, the diversion or, you know, Bill's bill. No, I, I think that is totally counterproductive. But Labor's Penny Wong doubts reports the government ever intended to raise the matter in the spring session of Parliament. Well, do you, do you think we'd be even having this conversation if Bill Shorten and Tanya Plibersek hadn't moved this bill? We've had 14 months with a bill proposed by Tanya, offering bipartisanship. No one stepped up. Well, it's time someone does, and it's time Tony Abbott was made to do the right thing. The week following Ireland's historic gay marriage referendum saw a dramatic shift in the debate here at home. Switching over to the column in favour were Coalition MPs Greg Hunt, Mal Bruff, Ewan Jones and Darren Chester. Also backing the reform on his 2GB show last week was Alan Jones. In a very difficult world, which is often impersonal, uncaring, ruthless and sometimes brutal in personal relationships, love can prove elusive. And my view is that when people find love, they should be able to celebrate it. All eyes now are on the Prime Minister and whether or not he will honour his election promise to let the party decide on a free vote. And turning to other news now, the Royal Children's Hospital is set to receive an additional $6 million of funding over the next four years to resource the growing need of gender dysphoria services. Since its commencement in 2003, the waiting list for support and services for transgender youth has jumped from seven in 2007 to 104 last year. Minister for Equality Martin Foley says the work of the clinic is life-saving and will make a huge difference in the lives of those who are accessing the service. Advocates have welcomed the repeal of a law in Victoria which criminalised the transmission of HIV. The Andrews Labor government promised before the election to repeal Section 19A of the Crimes Act, which had never been successfully used in court. Paul Kidd from the HIV Legal Working Group says other laws can be used in cases of deliberate HIV transmission. He spoke to Joy 94.9 this week. Our argument against it has been on uh, two fronts. Part of it is that it's essentially redundant. But more importantly, we think that it's a very counterproductive law. It's something that perpetuates stigma against people with HIV. And which LGBT trailblazer has been named Britain's seventh most influential woman? We'll tell you right after QNN Sport with Tanya Lewis.
A national football side in the US is set to host an LGBT Pride Night later this year. The Detroit Lions will be the first NFL team to hold a gay night when the team takes on the Minnesota Vikings on the 25th of October. CEO of the Detroit Regional LGBT Chamber of Commerce, James Felton Keith, says it means a lot to have the Lions on board, helping out with the state's inclusiveness in Detroit campaign. The group has also hosted Pride Nights for professional basketball, ice hockey and baseball teams. The National Rugby League has joined Aussie Rules and Soccer Codes in announcing its support for gay marriage. The NRL wrote a letter to the Australian Marriage Equality Group outlining the league's values of inclusiveness and policies to support LGBTI rights. Rabbitohs star Tom Burgess has praised the NRL's decision and says it's ignorant and outdated to go against the marriage equality movement. And finally, two weeks after leaving his new Canadian football side for personal reasons, Michael Sam has returned to the Montreal Alouettes. There was speculation about whether Sam would play this season following negative comments from teammates until he was cited in Montreal at Olympic Stadium recently. Sam told the club he was sorry for leaving but is now fully committed to the side. Thanks Tanya and before we go, Caitlyn Jenner has been named the seventh most influential female in Britain's Women's Hour 2015 power list. Jenner came out as transgender earlier this year and has since been an outspoken advocate for trans issues around the world. And that's QNN for another week. I'm Adam Samuel. And I'm Alistair Kingston. Thanks to the team at QNN. That was the Joy 94.9 GLBTIQ News Roundup. To hear this update again, you can subscribe to the QNN podcast, available at joy.org.au slash QNN. Or you can follow QNN on Twitter at QNN Australia. At QNN Australia. You're on Joy 94.9, listening to A Little Pot of Joy with Alice and Andrea. Next up, we have from last week's Saturday magazine, Irish Roots. Macca and Josh on panel were joined by Mayor Dolly Doyle for this week's flagship news and lifestyle show. Robert Doyle is asked about why the Liberals are not willing to have a conscience vote for the support of same-sex marriage. If you can't listen to the show live, download the podcast from the Joy website, www.joy.org.au or the iTunes store. You're listening to A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. And today we look at developments of marriage equality in Parliament. I know it's getting a bit boring, but hopefully we're going to get there eventually. We're going to tackle some of the pressing issues in Melbourne with the Lord Mayor of Melbourne, who we know as Dolly Doyle. No, you don't. (laughs) You're making stuff up now. (laughs) And we're going to talk about, just for a change, Robert, we're going to talk about marriage equality. Oh, good, a good fresh topic. That's fantastic, Macca. You're right on the crest of the wave here, aren't you? Right up with the latest issues. Before anybody else talks about them, here you are. Well, that's just to get you comfortable before we attack you. Oh, I was going to say, for a man who's trying to dump his new nickname of Dolly, that's oh, not, hey, that's not hey. the way to do it. You used to be a friend of mine. You slow right down there. I, I'm, I'm just suggesting don't, don't don't go for the jugular with Macca. He's, he's vicious. Let's get on with it. Robert Doyle. Macca. There's been a bit of commotion in Canberra. Uh, Surely not. About sure. a, about how could, how could such things be, Mac? About same-sex marriage, and I've got to <laughs> got to say, Uncle Eric Abetz. Eric Abetz is the is, I think, the uncle that you have in the family that uh, everyone gets their seat around the table at Christmas dinner, and there's one left right at the end where you'd sit, Eric, because he says things that really you don't want to say, and he's saying, basically, if you don't agree with with policy and you're a front bencher, you should resign, as he did when he didn't agree with climate change. Of course, there was another reason as well. But what? why is this so difficult? Why won't the Prime Minister, for God's sake... He wants, to, he, he wants this issue out of the way. We know that. Well, the Liberal Party is about conscience, they say. 
why won't he let them have a conscience vote? How? What has he got to fear? I don't know. I'm not the prime minister, mate. Okay, I'm, but you know, you know you're, a, you're a previous liberal leader in Victoria. You're still a you know you're a you're a, a, a committed and passionate liberal. You're committed and passionate th- about same sex marriage. Like, what I, is it? I would think also that the part of this question is is as a former leader, how would you approach yeah. this situation? Yeah. Well. If it were me, um, I would call it. A, I wouldn't call it a conscience vote. You can always have a conscience vote in the Liberal Party. It just means that you disagree with the party platform. You tell the leader and you tell the whip, and then you are free to vote with your conscience. That, and, that's unless you're a front bench. <clears throat> no, no, no. Uh, any any time at all, you can you can make a conscience vote. Um, I, I don't want to sort of split hairs here, but a free vote is where the party doesn't have a position. Right. Okay? Right. A conscience vote is where you actually vote against the party's position and you explain why. Which is important to and, yeah. and, differentiate. Yeah, and, and that's a big difference. So a free vote is where the party says, well, we don't think we should have a firm policy on this that is Liberal Party policy, that is binding on people. We think we should have uh, an open vote where people can make up their mind just to confuse you, according to their own conscience. And that, that is a big difference. Look, uh, if, if it were me, I would say we're not going to have a position on this. And, and I did that a couple of times when I was leader. What you then do in your party room, normally you would have the, the relevant minister making the argument yep. about the party's position. Then you'd have a debate that ensues. Then you'd have a vote on it. And then it becomes policy if that vote passes. In a free vote, what you do is you bring in, if you like, exponents of both sides. And, and you let them make the arguments, um, usually someone from outside the, the party, someone who's recognised as an expert in the area, and then you say, OK, you've, you've now got the information that's required. Uh, now it's up to you how you vote. And that's how I would do it. So then the next question is, why isn't that being done on a federal level, do you think? I, I just, I really don't know the answer to that. I mean, I, I think there's a... I mean, there are some very conservative people in both our parties. Uh, in, in the Labor Party, where, where Kirsty and I, of course, served together in the Victorian Parliament. And, and I can remember, you know, ministers like Christine Campbell, who, who had very strong beliefs. Absolutely. You know, voting a different way from Labor Party policy because she had... She should have been in the DLP. Well, but the DLP was originally part of the Labor Party. Of I know, yes. Um, but but there's, always, there's always been a part of the Labor Party that's sort of oh, been of course, the yeah. conservative you know, uh, religious right of the Labor Party, as there always has been in in the Liberal Party. And that's good, you know. Um, We always say in politics we're a broad church, which means that we are fighting furiously internally (laughs) and we can't possibly agree with each other. (laughs) Because the Prime Minister said before the last election, this will be discussed in the party room after the election. He then said, when a bill comes before the Parliament, that's when we'll have the discussion in the party room. The little subtext there is we actually control the committee that are that decides whether or not a private member's bill gets presented, uh, we've got a majority on that and it's not going to happen. So, you know... You don't want to have a fight about that, though, do you? I mean, to, well, no. to be honest, you don't, you don't have a fight with your own party about no. whether you'll debate a private member's bill. The, the reality is um, Parliament is government time, you know, to debate government bills. That, that's the, the rule of the game. It's so the it's very pl- rare for a private member's bill to get up at all. Yeah. But, sorry, Kirsty. No, I was just interested as to whether or not, Robert, you think that the... Um, the topic has been marketed particularly well from either side because I also I consider this to be about equality. Um, it's it's about marriage, but actually what it's about is ensuring that any person, regardless of any particular characteristic, is given an equal view in the eyes of the law. And so, do I think that um, you know same-sex couples? 
uh, should be forcibly able to um, get married in a church. No, I think that I'd like to think that the churches open up their arms and say, "Please, we'd like you to be a part of this this wonderful community." Yeah. Um, but there's I, nothing I, stopping the churches, by the way. I mean, it, it is the Marriage Act, so it's it's the mm. legislation. That's exactly. The difficulty here, but and so it's this is about just making the law equal. Okay, let let me. This is going to sound odd because you know, and I have been on the front page of our newspaper saying I support this, and I think I was the first conservative politician to do so. So I'm not putting this argument in any way to suggest I support it. But the argument that would come from the other side runs along the lines that this is by definition between a man and a woman. That, that is the definition of it. You mightn't like that this thing that we put things on that has four legs is a table, but that is what we call it. They would argue marriage is defined by a union of a man and a woman. Now, if you start from that position, and that's where they are coming from, then you can't arrive anywhere else on marriage equality if you start from that position. If you start from our position to say, well, that's, that's an historical anomaly and, by the way, we change legislation every single day in the parliament, that's what we do, uh, and, and there are lots of things that we do now that we didn't do 50 years ago, then you arrive at quite a different mm. conclusion. So it, it's, I think part of the difficulty is... And it was a question I think you asked before, Kirsty. I don't think the two sides understand each other's position very well. Yeah. And, and what I don't want to see is this descending into just rock-chucking across the corridors of Parliament or, or in our streets. I think what we've got to do, people who are in public life, yourself, Mac and me, is, is put the argument in a calm and, and a, a, a very passionate manner, but without that, that sort of heat of argument or without insult you know, we just need to keep putting the arguments, and I believe inexorably that will win. Um, I understand people's impatience. I would be the absolute first person to congratulate the Prime Minister if he allowed, one, the debate in the party room, and allowed the Liberal members of Parliament a, a free vote. No, but you, you, Macca, that, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to, to be pedantic about this. If you're going to have a free vote, you don't have a debate in the party room. Yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's not about the party okay. room arguing and then making up its mind. A free vote says you're informed, go away, okay. make, make your, it, make make your choice as you wish. Yeah. Right. You're on Joy 94.9. This is A Little Pot of Joy with Andrea and Alice. Up next from the woods, Bear Equality. Tim Peppard, Victorian Director of Australian Marriage Equality, joins in with Mark and Matt to pitch his vision for redefining the terms in marriage to just two people. If you can't listen to the show live, download the podcast from the Joy website, www.joy.org.au or the iTunes store. This is A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. <laughs> this is The Woods. I'm Bear Curious Dean. I'm here with Big Bear Mark. And we're crazy in love tonight. We're talking about marriage equality with Tim Pippard, the uh, Victorian Director of Australian Marriage Equality. It's been a really big week in uh, marriage equality politics. Hasn't it, Bud? I mean, coming off the back of the Ireland referendum a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. of course, uh, last Friday, uh, the American judicial SCOTUS, system yeah. uh, yes, uh, had SCOTUS, which means that now in all 50 states of America, it is illegal to discriminate for marriage equality. So we thought, who else, who better? Who better? To talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, good friend of the program. We've got Tim Peppard from Australian Marriage Equality in. Hi, Tim. Good evening, boys. How are you? So you're Australian marriage equality and you're lobbying for equal bear love. Bear and bear, <laughs> lesbian and lesbian, twink and twink. Everybody, <laughs> it's for the GLBTI community and any other variations. And it is that the marriage 
Federal Marriage Act be changed from a man and a woman definition to that of two people. Mm. And so um, regardless of gender. And so that's the big battle. Of course, it's not a new battle, is it? This has been going for a while. Oh, this, uh, this has been going for a long Well, actually, in 2004, John Howard, and I must say with the support of the Labor Party, mm-hmm. no opposition by the Labor Party, changed the Marriage Act, and it was under the original uh, constitution, two people, and he changed it to a man and a woman and tightened the definition. So um, shame on John Howard, but also to shame on the Labor Party for not fighting it at the time. That mm. was uh, Nicola Roxon. Yeah, and look, uh, last time we had you on the program, it was pro- must have been almost a year ago, I think, yeah, on The maybe. Woods. You've been on Brecky Bears and a few other mm. programs since then. But um, a lot has happened in the last year. Oh, huge. And also, to social change, legal social change happens in slow periods and then there's other bursts of activity. And uh, this year, uh, last year I was quite pessimistic about how long it would take Mm. for us to achieve marriage equality in Australia. But uh, this year we've had um, the big two things in the last two months have been Ireland Mm -hmm. and the overwhelming popular support of regular people uh, to vote for um, uh, marriage equality in Ireland through a referendum. And then also to the US Supreme Court has uh, announced that it is illegal for state courts to discriminate and state um, administrations to discriminate against same-sex marriage. So that has altered the wider debate in Australia because Australians can benchmark themselves on a range of things, not just economics, but social policy and fashion and music and uh, a range of issues with a range of countries. And now in the OECD, apart from Northern Ireland, we are the only English-speaking country to not allow marriage equality. Is that right? The only English-speaking... Mm. That's, fan- that's incredible. It's incredible and slightly sad. But it's also... It's one of those uh, moments where you sort of think, well, what can we do to achieve this? And what's holding us back? <clears throat> and um, there's been a lot of activity in that space recently. It has a, look, we'll come to that. But, I, but first of all, I do want to talk about Ireland in particular to start with. Um, a referendum to overturn the laws there, uh, that is a big call to have a referendum. It's the first time it was ever done, I believe. Yes. Um, that was actually peculiar to the Irish Constitution. Yeah. Ireland has... Um, in Ireland's Constitution... Um, allows for referendums on a range of matters and much more than... In Australia, we don't need a referendum because the politicians Mm. have the capacity to change the Marriage Act. In Ireland, that wasn't the case, so it needed a popular vote. And it was interesting in Ireland because it's the first time that a popular referendum had been on this issue and uh, the Irish were very clever. They prepared for it very well and... Uh, They got broad community support. Also, too, the Catholic Church in Ireland is on the nose in Ireland due to the terrible scandals of child sex abuse 
lots of uh, scandals regarding money, lots of scandals regarding the church preaching about uh, celibacy, but some of the bishops had mistresses with children in America and other things. Mm -hmm. And so when all that became public in the last 20 years, the reputation of the Catholic Church in Ireland diminished quite significantly. Yeah. And, I mean, Ireland... Uh, th- and this is where I find it interesting that if uh, that if married equal marriage can pass in Ireland with a referendum, it does pale. In, what 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 are we doing here? I mean, mm. I know that there were co- there were a few calls for referendums after that happened in Ireland. I agree that we don't need a referendum here because the parliamentarians can pass it. Um, I, just after that, there was a sort of a sense in Australia that, okay, this is starting to heat up again, that if they can do it, why can't we? We saw Sarah Hanson-Young from the Greens uh, put up a equal marriage bill. Uh, and I, I actually asked you this before the program, um, why didn't that go anywhere? And Well, for any act, and um, Tony Abbott said this recently, for any bill to be passed across the whole of the um, lower house and the Senate, it will require support from all parties. At the moment, the Liberal Party has a policy of not supporting marriage equality. Their policy is to not support it. The Liberal Party can have conscience votes on issues. There's been a range of conscience votes where um, previously Liberals uh, under John Howard, they've had numerous conscience votes. They had it about the uh, abortion pill, RU290 or something. Uh, They've had it on um, a range of issues. But Tony Abbott, in his wisdom, has decided that he, as the umpire, will not allow at the moment, or up till now, a conscience vote on this issue. The other, th- the other thing that I think has obviously ignited this debate, Tim, as well, is SCOTUS from the US last Friday. Yes, the Supreme Court. So can you tell us a bit about what actually happened there, just to explain what the, what the big deal is, I suppose? Well, the, this is a big deal because the uh, many... States in America had have allowed uh, marriage equality, and prior to the Supreme Court decision last week, it was either thirty six or thirty seven states approved it, yeah. but the last thirteen or so were very against it. Frequently, they were in the South of America, and um, the mood in America does influence Australia. Um, It's interesting that New Zealand and England having uh, marriage equality was uh, noted and commented upon by lots of people. But we get a lot of our um, economic and social uh, policies indirectly from the developments that occur in America and England and other places. And in America, um, there have been major developments in 
support for marriage equality. Uh, it's interesting that what we've been doing with in Australian marriage equality that's been very successful is that this year we've had advertisements showing corporate support mm. for marriage equality. Our mm. first ad, which was in the uh, full page in the Australian in May, had 50 or so companies. The last ad we had, which was about a fortnight ago, oh, no, it's actually on the um, 13th of June, uh, the day we had a rally at Parliament House Steps here, there was 150 corporates. Now the number of corporates who've signed on to our corporate support letter is over 350. Wow. wow. And we've now getting major sporting codes signing that. So that's actually a tactic that happened from America uh, that we've learned from. And there's a big... A big story in today's financial review, if anyone at home's got it, to have a look on about page 50, showing how popular support and acceptance of marriage equality in America took a range of different avenues. But one of the factors that was very telling uh, for regular middle Americans and even, you know, um, wealthy people and people all over the country was the number of corporates who have come out in support of it. And corporates know that diversity exists. It, it, it's like saying gays don't exist. Everyone knows gays exist everywhere. And the corporates know <clears throat> through shopping uh, experiences, through their staff, through a range of things, the amount of GLBTI people in the country. They know that many of their staff are GLBTI and that this is a good thing for people to feel comfortable about themselves and to also minimise the levels higher than for the regular population of depression and alcohol and drug addiction and other things and that it's in the interests of corporates to have stable, happy staff and who have can see they've got a future in work and their lives and everything, and they think it's a win. And in Australia, that's showing. All the major banks, all the major corporates, if anyone's interested, log on to Australian Marriage Equality, and we have a rotating banner of all the corporates. Well, you have to watch it for 15 minutes to see all the corporates. <laughs> yeah, but now you do it. Definitely the... The support. You're listening to Joy 94.9, and this is A Little Pot of Joy with Andrea and Alice. Up next from Triple Threat. This week, James finds out how often a bath towel should be washed and wonders if anyone else knew how often it should be. You might be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and you can listen to the entire podcast by downloading from the Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash triple threat, or download it for free from the iTunes store. You're listening to A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. We are talking towels. Yeah, it's a pretty dry topic. <laughs> oh, where's my... Oh, dear. <laughs> that's, the, that's the wet flick of the towel. Yeah. Can I ask this first? Yeah. Have you guys just brought up this topic to hate on me? Because... No. It's it, not all about we, you. <laughs> I feel as though this topic has been brought up to especially expose me. Why? Well, Do you have something that we don't know about? Yeah. Do you not wash... I, I I rarely wash towels. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My my. I mean, my process for when a towel needs to be washed mm. is just for when it doesn't dry on its own. 
Right. And therefore, like, <laughs> if I have a shower and it's still wet, I'm like, well, actually. Yeah, sometimes that is my my turning point of washing a towel because oh, yeah. it's still wet from, you know, because I showered again or something. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get a new one. Yeah, I'm actually, wash this one. Retract that. Mm. I get a new one. I don't necessarily wash the other one. Oh, no. Well, how long do you think it, it goes before you wash a towel? Oh, <laughs> a week? Two weeks? Oh, a week. Oh, a oh, week? Really? Two and a half weeks? Oh, this is hold on, hold on. week to two and a half weeks. Hold on. Tell us the truth. Tell us the truth. No judgment. Okay. I don't wash towels, okay? You, you, My you, partner washes the towels. She washes the towels? Yeah. All the time? Well, I more just put them to the side and then somehow new towels are fresh and waiting. Okay. And but, how often do you think this is? Actually, I think perhaps oh, we get... Hang on. So you're a two-day-a-week showerer? Two, sorry, no. Two showers, two, a, day. Two showers a, day. a day. That's yeah. so many. I'm pretty sure that's unhealthy. So I'm pretty that's sure healthy. you that's have clean. to change your no, towel. No, I think that's too clean. Where's mm. Nurse James or something? We need uh, a yeah, yeah, medical we need, professional. We need someone that knows. So, um, okay, guys, you know okay. how I <laughs> live at home? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you never wash your towels because your mum does it. Yes. Oh. And I only wash them when she goes, Chris, it's time to change your towel. Yes! So I have no idea how often my towels are being washed. Oh, because you're just like, sure, mom. I'm yes. like, okay. She's like, chuck your towels down. I'm like, all right. So just chuck them down. Down the stairway. So, yeah, and because I'm living by myself at the moment because we're in the transition oh, of the house. It hasn't been washed since you moved no, in. No, 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 no. My dad came, comes over and gets my towels. Oh, oh no. no. So I have no idea how often they're being washed. But I think it's pretty regular. They smell good. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I think a lot of people are confused because when you, like, the, the towel shouldn't actually get dirty because yeah, in theory, you're always clean when you use yeah, it, Yeah, right? you don't use it before you get into the shower. Well, I found out how often it is you should clean wait, it. So wait, 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 wait. What's, where did you find this out? Uh, it came up on the internet oh. and I've since done some uh, further research. Okay. And it's been clarified. Okay. So before we do this, mm. just quickly. Yeah. Let's write down. Jess, what do you think? How often should you wash your towels? Yes. Mm. Oh, look, I'm going to go five days. Okay. Five days? Yeah. I'm going once a week. Okay. We're talking about towels mm-hmm. and uh, how often they need to be washed because I came across a video slash a couple of articles over the last week, which is, let's be honest, has probably been released by a, a company that makes washing detergent or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that has... Revealed how often one should wash their towel. Yeah. So we're asking, putting the question out there for the LSOCD. Yes. How often do you wash your towel? So I I haven't revealed. No, we don't know. I said once a week. Mm -hmm. And that's, but you don't know how often you wash your towel. I have no idea. No idea because mummy does it. Yeah. I Uh, just. But we've got some text. Yes. We've got one here. Um, I don't use a towel. I live on my own, so I air dry and I can start my day. It makes things slippery, though. So taking uh, <laughs> that's cu- dangerous. That's taking Cuba Gooding Jr.'s advice out of Jerry Maguire. Oh. Air dry, yeah. just and you shake it around. You- uh, air dry, Jerry. I don't need a towel. Uh, I, I've, um, I, that's dangerous. I've slipped over. No one wants to sleep over in the nude. I. That is a fear I have. Oh. Is that, you know, if I cark it, I don't want to be found butt naked. <laughs> All right, no. like, because when. When you're naked, 
you can you're not make, at your best. You're not your best. You can no. make yourself look alluring, mm. but if you've fallen over and cracked something, no. there's no way you can look sexy. And <laughs> plus, Seinfeld tells me that you have shrinkage. You yeah. don't want to be found with shrinking. No. Yeah, no, you do. those you cold tiles do not help. No, you should not be letting anyone see it unless it's at least a semi. Right, so, so <laughs> what else does have people text in? <laughs> what else have we got? We've got one here from Chris. Um, mm. Chris Jamison. I wash my towels every four to five days. Oh. Then I met Cam, who never used a towel twice. Oh. Oh, my God. Never used a towel twice? Really? But think of the environment, people. <laughs> Not even in hotels do they do that anymore. His water pill must skyrocket. And then he managed to solve his dislike with a heated towel rack. Oh, so amazing yes. invention. I actually need one of those. Mm-hmm. And then now they've got a, two, a St. Bernard that drools on everything, so they're oh. back to a load of towels every two days. <laughs> Oof, that sounds terrible. Okay. Uh, my brother text in saying that only when it starts to stink does he wash it. Oh, That's disgusting. How quick's that? Is <sighs> your brother smelly? No, I haven't seen him for a while. <laughs> um, I just got a text from my partner as well um, telling me that our towels get washed once a week. Once a week. Oh, yep. okay. And so once a also week seems that, pretty standard. Also, they can't believe that I admitted to that they always do the towel washing. So, uh, I just yeah, admitted that my parents that. pick up my towels, so don't worry yeah. about it. Okay, so and that's all the text, yeah? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now to reveal <laughs> that the, the recommended time that you should spend, well, wait until you wash your towel, is in fact, in line with Cam, every two days. No. Two to three two days. days. Yeah. Because the reason why they say that is because when you hang them up, the the dampness can cause mold in the towel, and then it's it, it gets moldy. Ugh. I know. I don't want to wash it every I two or three days. I don't even do washing that. No, often. Hold on, Cam does it every time. Used to, used to, right? And we've just got a text him from. We've just got a text him from Josh saying he does his every days. What? I want to know. Who has this many towels? Every oh, day. I know. I've only got four towels at my house. Every day? That's I don't have much. time to wash my towels every day. I have such a mixture of beach towels and regular yep. towels. I barely have enough for, like, swapping every fortnight. Plus, like, I use those big towels, you know, like the bath towels. That's so much, so much washing. And those, if you get stuck with a beach towel, they don't dry very well. No, no. They no. don't absorb. Because they're for the beach. Yeah. And then you get the fluffy one. Oh. Oh, the fluffy, and you've got to pick the bits off the towel. <laughs> and then you've oh. got to pick the bits off your bits. It's terrible. And that's when I have to be like, Mum, what have you done? Like, my towel's full of bits. Use fabric softener, damn it! You're listening to A Little Pot of Joy with Alice and Andrea. And, wow, that is a really important topic. Isn't it very hard-hitting news? <laughs> well... It's quite important to me. I probably wash about somewhere between 18 and 28 towels a week. Wow, Andrea, 20 towels. Well, I, I go to yoga in the mornings and I need a towel for the for the mat on the ground and then I need one that I use for washing with. But then my partner also needs a towel every day. Mm, I guess that makes sense. But how many towels do you have then? Probably about 50 or 60. 50 or 60 towels? Well, they're really cute colours. I bet they are, but... <laughs> Would you like to know how many towels I have? Yeah. I think I have two. Okay. How often do you wash your towels? Well, it's not every two days, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's definitely not every two days. Um, well, I have to admit, my housemate actually sometimes washes my towels. I know that's a terrible thing to admit. I don't ask her to do it, but sometimes she'll just be like, Alice, I put our towels in the wash together. <laughs> 
And we're at the end of another wonderful evening. Wonderful and, as always. And there's always so many amazing programs on joy. Mm. There's something there for everybody. And we just highlight just some of the amazing programs. You can find more of the complete podcasts on the Joy website, www.joy.org.au, or download them for free from the iTunes store. You've been listening to A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. See joy.org.au and click on our podcast link to subscribe to your favorite podcasts free. Save me, you save me, you save me from this boredom.
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.